Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to Parish Notices. I am your host, Sam Parish. It is a relatively pleasant day here at the beginning of May in London. Uh, the year is really uh, streaking by. I don't know if that's true for everybody, but I hope you are staying well and staying safe and not feeling too claustrophobic uh, while we're all stuck in quarantine. Uh, I thought perhaps based on last week and, and bouncing off last week, I got some good feedback about the uh, the comics reviews. So further to that, we're going to be talking about... Uh, last week, we talked about some more grounded stuff, some more serious comics. This week, we're going to be looking at some genre pieces, some stuff that's a little bit more out there, uh, a little bit more fun. Uh, there should be a lot to love here. All right, let's dive in. First up, we're going to be talking about Die. Die, D-I-E, from Image Comics, written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Stephanie Hans, with lettering by Clayton Cowler, with design by Ryan Hughes, edited by Chrissy Williams. Uh, Die tells the story of a group of teenagers who, playing a friend's experimental pen and paper RPG, get sucked into the game world. Uh, while this sounds like the setup for a kind of Saturday morning cartoon situation, Dai sets out to ground the story in its emotional realities, and we pick up with the the party, so to speak, as adults who've been traumatized and and uh, incapable of discussing their experiences, and we pick up with them as they are pulled back into their sort of brutal collective fantasy. The first thing to note about Dai is that the book itself looks gorgeous. The character designs are all really unique and memorable, and they put a great spin on fantasy tropes. They blend it with sci-fi and cyberpunk and all manner of kind of comic influences on top of this Tolkien-esque fantasy. Uh, the intentionally mismatched elements of it flow together due to this incredible level of detail in all of the background art and all of the character models. The colours in particular are very memorable with these muted palettes that are lit up by these bright scarlets and yellows. Kieran Gillen's dialogue is always good value. Uh, I remember him in particular for his contributions to the X-Men. I've just realised that the storyline he wrote for the X-Men was called Quarantine. Uh, no comment on that, given current circumstances. Uh, but he has this amazing sense of humour and wit, as well as his ability to to convey these great truths about characters and, and personalities in fewer m words than most. He's, he's always strong. However, his style is drowned in how seriously the book takes itself uh, the creativity and the and the fun premise is drowned in this this sort of grim dark tone that would be better contrasted against some genuine levity the character of the fool for example uh, the whole point of his sort of quote unquote class in the game is that he has to behave recklessly and stupidly and act like a joker and and he's a source of a lot of the book's humor but every time he makes a joke he's confronted by a character going you're joking to hide your insecurities you're such a sad clown and you're sort of just sat there like i know he's a sad clown let him be a sad clown we've got nine serious brooding characters can we have one who's allowed to crack a joke it also suffers from being 
a little aimless. Uh, there are currently two volumes of Dai available, and for the first volume, the character's aims seem very clear. Uh, escape the game by confronting the Grand Master. But by the second volume, the characters seem to have lost their way and, and lost their drive, and, and some are mired in the politics of the game world, which would be fine, but in the first book they sort of openly mock the details of the world building, saying, it doesn't matter, we just need to get out. And by the second volume, they're, they're very invested in it. Uh, it's got a very high concept and a very wacky setting. In that way, it reminds me of another Image Comics production, Saga, which is one of my favourite comics of the last several years. Uh, and that comic works because it's grounded in this very understandable highly character-based set of motivations and goals and you always understand what the characters are trying to achieve. Dai really feels like it's lacking that, instead getting lost in some barely comprehensible exposition by the three-quarter mark of the first volume. Classical poets are turning up and now suddenly they're part of the game world and it really doesn't give you a reason to care about any of the elements that it brings in and they only serve to to muddy the theming of the book. I was at Comic-Con when Kieran Gillen was talking about Dai and I was really intrigued by the things he was saying. He was talking about some great ideas about how Sol, the Grand Master, represents the issues with staying stuck in a fantasy world and how he felt like that could have been him at one point in his younger life. Uh, and without spoilers, this compelling villain is, is completely wasted. In summary, there's a lot of fun stuff here for fans of Tabletop, and I really admire the effort that's gone into the book. I really admire that Gillen is designing a whole pen and paper RPG around the situation of die, but overall I feel like the book really squanders a strong start. Next up we're going to be talking about uh, another Image Comics production, Black Hammer, created and written by Jeff Lemire with artist Dean Ormston. Uh, Lemire, best known for his work on Sweet Tooth, uh, Dean Ormston, best known for his work on 2000 AD and for the DC Vertigo imprint. Black Hammer takes place in a Marvel or DC adjacent superhero universe with its own kind of meta history that parallels the, the history of comic books in general, uh, in which six archetypal characters have been banished to a farm in the heartlands of America. Uh, no one in the nearby town has ever heard of their alter egos, and they cannot physically leave the area. They face a, a gruesome death if they, if they try to leave the area. Uh, what follows is a love letter to every conceivable era and genre of superhero comics. I don't really consider superheroes a genre as much as a, a medium at this point. Uh, Dean Ormston does some really heavy lifting to emulate work from every decade of comic book history. Uh, it's also a tremendous desert island style character study with this amazing sense of claustrophobia. Uh, I'm sure plenty of people can relate to the idea of feeling trapped in their small town and that really, that really adds to the sense of existential horror that pervades the book. It also uses the 
wacky logic of superhero comics to create some really unique horrors. Uh, I was particularly affected by the plight of Golden Gale, who's an elderly woman trapped in the body of her, her child superhero counterpart. I was brought to this book by the incomparable YouTuber Comic Tropes, who's created some of my favourite reviews and retrospectives of the medium of comics in recent times, uh, and he describes this book as a reconstructionist superhero work, which I'm really inclined to agree with. In a world of tired and tedious dark takes on, on superheroes, the real fresh take is to portray them as decent people. Uh, despite being remarkable in some respects, the Black Hammer core cast are wonderfully natural in how they deal with their extreme circumstances, and Ormston's work really adds to the effect and the sense of pathos with these wonderful expressions and, and body languages. In particular, Abraham Slam, the kind of aged Captain America analogue, uh, the way he moves in the frame, you always see the kind of weight of years on his shoulders. It's, it's really excellent work. My only major criticism of Black Hammer is that there is a lot of it to get through. So it's not such a good introductory text, especially coupled with its dense kind of metatextual subject matter. Uh, without spoiling too much, the book is beginning to move away from its original cast to flesh out its very unique world. And I enjoy that, but it may not be everybody's cup of tea. In conclusion, Black Hammer is one of the most visually creative comics I've spent time with recently, as well as one of the most intriguing mystery books I've spent time with recently. Uh, it's got something for everyone, but especially for lovers of superhero fiction and, and comic historians, it's an absolute must. We're going to be wrapping up with Captain Cosmic, independently published by writer-artist Andy W. Clift, uh, who I had the pleasure of meeting at Comic-Con. The comic, in his own words, to paraphrase him, is intended as a genuine loving recreation, not a deconstruction or an examination, of Silver Age spacefaring adventures in the style of, of Jack Kirby and, and Jim Starlin. Uh, speaking with him, Clift's passion for his influences radiates off him, and it really translates to the page. The product itself is worth it simply for the charm and the effort that's put into it. Uh, little details like the stock of the paper, the artificial yellowing on some issues, even the presence of a letters page, it really puts the comic over the top as an authentic homage. The episodes are all standalone, and they tell the dashing adventures of Captain Cosmic and his daughter Kid Cosmic, uh, zipping around the galaxy and combating various science fantasy threats. Uh, the characters and artwork are bursting with visual personality and humour, especially the action sequences. Uh, the captain and the kid are very uh, bombastic and heroic and, and two-fisted, but they're also pleasantly roguish and, and swashbuckling. It really evokes the Errol Flynn-style characters who first inspired those Silver Age heroes. Uh, 
Stanley in particular talks about the idea that he he watched a lot of Errol Flynn movies growing up, Robin Hood, etc., and that really influenced what he liked in a hero, and that's here to see in the form of Captain Cosmic and Kid Cosmic. Despite being these traditional episodic circular stories about static characters in this you know self-consciously campy world they're living out these these comics code authority approved stories of the the inexorable triumph of good over evil the issues of captain cosmic have an unexpected amount of nuance and depth in their limited pages uh, the antagonists are all very unique each espousing their own villainous motivation and backstory and credo and more often than not quick thinking or compassion win out over brute force uh, i'm excited to see what cliff does with his next story which seemingly is about some sort of social media superpowered starlet the verdict overall much like i called ghibli in a previous episode uh, captain cosmic is a panacea for stressful times it's great both as a curiosity item and as a fun light read uh, for me it was the perfect convention buy that's going to wrap up this episode of parish notices as ever thank you so much for listening i really do appreciate it and i really hope that everybody continues to take care of themselves and uh, and stay safe uh, make sure to follow the podcast on spotify if you haven't already leave a review on uh, apple podcast it, it really does mean a lot i love seeing all the positive feedback coming in for the podcast if you have any recommendations for review or if you just want to get in touch you can do so at parish podcast on twitter that's p-a-r-r-i-s-h podcast on twitter uh, do take care of yourselves i've been sam parish take care travel safe